0: Kobitar, the right point to Carter. Carter sends across, picked up by Dowdy. Shoots his goal. Another
1: power play goal. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen.
2: Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All The Kings Men. The Kings have most of the week off, so we're going to be bringing you a ton of content to fill that time, Kings fans. We've got three episodes coming out in two days, and I think four or five episodes for the full week. So if you haven't listened to me before, subscribe now, Kings fans. Or if you have to, bookmark the Stitcher archive on your laptop if that's how you listen, because the episodes are going to pile up and you're not going to want to miss any of them. We've got a post-game podcast after that Habs game. We've got an update from the Ontario Reign. We've got a 50 Kings installment. We've got a conversation with John Rosen. We have a, a treat of an episode later in the week. I'm not going to spoil it right now. Uh, not to mention the podcast from this past week and weekend. There's a lot to listen to, Kings There's a lot of stuff, and it's all great. So subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Currently, the easiest way to find the archive of past episodes you may have missed is to go to the All the Kingsmen page at Stitcher, but we are currently working on a better way for you to find older episodes. So subscribe now. Never miss an episode. Now on our conversation with John Rosen and Jack Wilson.
1: Joining me now, LA Kings insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? Fantastic, Jesse. Thank you. I've, I've made a decision. Uh, I'm going to be friendly online. I, I think I usually am friendly online, but just really going to make a concerted effort to be a good guy and nice and we're going to see how long that lasts on this podcast with Jack Wilson hi Jack <laughs> and from Fox
2: Sports West senior producer Jack A. Wilson how are you doing today Jack hey sorry I missed
0: the bowl selections yesterday which insignificant bowl is Michigan playing in this year uh,
1: I think the insignificant bowl is the bowl that Notre Dame is playing in which no they didn't actually call not it, the they bowl actually... at all they actually didn't qualify for a bowl, John. I was just wondering which meaningless bull Jim Harbaugh will be uh, competing again this
0: year and whether or not he has spoken to the media yet or if he's still throwing a temper tantrum because he no lost again to no Ohio State.
1: There was no temper tantrum. I'm going to be a nice okay. guy online. I want to keep it on topic. People here aren't here for my college football take. If you are, you can go to my personal Twitter account, at Johnny <laughs> But you
2: know what? Nice guy online,
1: on. that's going to be the b- rule today. B- b- it deserves a contrast to who you are and what you do. Before we get into hockey, I just wanna point out a great moment that that happened yesterday. I I, I love John and you're a good friend and we conversate a lot as including Rich
0: Hammond that uh, he joins in because he's uh he's such a college football fan as well. Harry Potter, uh, yes, yes, Hammond's much funnier than John Rosen. Uh, Okay. Um, all, right, I mean, all right. Hold on. Be, I, oh, I, I, No, no. We're, we're, we're drawing the line there. We're the moving on to hockey.
2: <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, we're moving on to hockey. <laughs> I've seen, remember the Titans. I know all about football. I know how this goes. All right. <clears throat> John, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Kings uh, responded uh, to being shut out three times uh, in a row with a more uh, diverse offense, goals coming from up and down the lineup. What can you tell us about the Kings? Uh, relatively new look on offense?
1: Um, I, I mean, it's it's whether, however you want to spin it. I mean, on one hand, the Kings are averaging 3.13 goals per game ever since they were shut out in three consecutive games. That's pretty good um, spin. That's really good. That's good. On the other hand, they're giving up too many goals in their own end. You're seeing both inflated goals for and goals against from what you usually see. Uh, I don't think there's any real anomaly in the numbers because the Kings shooting percentage is right where it generally has been for the last several years, which is pretty middling. Um, But right now it's, it's impressive the offense at least because they're getting performances from guys uh, up and down their lineup. Uh, There's better depth scoring right now. Um, You have eight players who have already double digits in points. You have Alec Martinez who was on pace for a, you know, 50 point season. Um, Nick Dowd, we've seen his contributions, although he's been a little bit quiet, uh, you know, didn't get the benefit from that post that he hit. Uh, against Montreal um, but this is a uh, a Kings team that is going to obviously have to cut down on the number of goals against as well um, and right now Pierre Budai whether it's him whether it's Jeff Satkoff you know whether it's a play like the very first goal against uh, by Max Pacioretty in the Montreal game uh, where Derek Forbert losing contain of his guy right off face off um, you know there there have to be some things that tighten up. I think that Arizona game was a little bit of a, a weird kind of anomaly juju type game that you often see there at Gila River Arena. Um, but regardless of that, they, they have to cut down on the goals against. It's a good sign to see them scoring. Jack, some
2: of the goals uh, have been coming from your favorite player, Trevor Lewis, up on the top <laughs> line. Uh, what can you say about the play of Trevor Lewis as of late?
0: Well, I, we've already said everything, right? <laughs> like, I think that's the whole thing is uh, – the top line Trevor thing is funny, but it's – I. At, at, there's part of you that wonders like this is this is kind of who, who he's been his whole career is yeah. that he can step into the top line for a few games not look out of place and then resume his role on the in the bottom six as as you know a, you know a, a consistent reliable piece of that um, and, and then I think you look at Dwight King we talk about a lot and and maybe who goes even more the things he do go even more unnoticed um, than what Trevor Lewis does, and uh, him and Jordan Nolan chipping in as well. Um, like John said, the, the biggest thing is cutting down the goals against. But uh, until that is resolved, um, it, it's the, the, I guess the what's working now to keep them as the in the race or keep them in the horse races. Coach Sutter always says um, is is this secondary scoring. Um, and, you know, you would imagine as Gabrick gets back into form here and that then the the top line scoring is going to pick up. And um, it, it's I think they're in, they're in, they're in good shape here. Like we, we've talked about over and over, Jesse, as long as they're in the mix by the time, you know, they get through. The, the, the holidays here in january getting closer to the all-star break and at some point get jonathan quick back as long as they're in the mix at that point and then coming up on the trade deadline then that's all you can really ask for and hope for at this point and i think tempered expectations and fans for the most part seem to be pretty realistic here no one's freaking out when they you know lose in overtime to montreal because we understand they got a point there that's good and uh just stay in the race
1: uh, uh well, you should see my mentions from time <laughs> to time
2: uh, well
0: well john that, that's uh, you're you're the you're the first line of defense yeah for all of us basically
2: i was gonna say you're a lightning rod for fans, twitter shield. For fan negativity <laughs> uh, but i want to talk about the goals against john because you know i've i've been looking at the numbers uh sort of neurotically every day and while you're right they have been allowing more goals than they usually do it's not a, a tremendous I and mean, they're not in the bottom of the league by any stretch of the imagination um, I'm looking at Peter Budai's game log and I see you know two shutouts two goals allowed two goals allowed two goals allowed one goal out um, every now and then he'll have a, a rough game is part of that the fact that he's played in virtually every game this season what does he have 23 straight appearances
1: or something like that yeah I, I think it's I think that's part of it um, and I wouldn't also agree with that characterization too I think he was really struggling and talking with um, you know some people with the organization. He was struggling up until uh, that five-game winning streak that they had, in uh, and maybe even to the beginning of that five-game winning streak of, allow- of allowing soft goals. Um, and there were have been a couple recent soft goals too, uh, whether it's Andrew Shaw's game-tying goal, uh, the Max Pacioretty shot from distance that was off of his stick and in. Um, you know, obviously the Arizona game wasn't at his best, but, you know, there's there's no faulting him for this right now. One of the staples of playing under Daryl Sutter is maximizing your skill set. That's exactly what Peter Budai is doing. He comes into this game with numbers that you would probably think that would be inflated from the numbers that would be expected from him. Somebody who was an AHL goalie, admittedly the best AHL goalie last season, um, but somebody that, that, you know, when you look at it right now through 23 games— 12-7-2, 223 goals against average, 909 save percentage, two shutouts. That's probably a little bit better than what you would maybe expect of him coming in, um, you know, without, you know, having put up a, you know, a winless season in 15 games in the AHL two seasons ago. Um, he's playing fine. He's maximizing his skill set. Um, there are going to be nights and afternoons like we saw against Montreal several days ago. But with all that being said... I'd like to see Jeff Zadkoff get into a couple more games right now. The team isn't relying on really a two goal system just because this is a ludicrously sparse part of the schedule. The Kings are in the middle of a seven in 22, which is crazy to even Whoa. think that that's a thing in a compacted part of a schedule, it, especially you know, with nine, high-weight.
2: nine back to backs. I didn't realize seven games in 22 nights. That's well, the that's... Kings have more than
1: nine back to backs. And and I believe in the back to backs, that that's a low number of back to backs to begin with. Um, but, but this is a this is a very, very sparse—you know, we, we looked at it. The Kings have off days, had off days, on November 21st, 24th, 27th, and December 2nd. You know, we're recording this year on December 5th, which is a, a golf tournament day for this Kings team. Wow. So there's no excuses right now, at this point at least, you know, for being overly taxed. And, and Daryl Sutter does a very good job of keeping this team fresh, working with the leadership corps and, and the leadership committee to schedule these off days. So, so they'll be well-rested going into this streak where they have nine consecutive road games including a seven game trip against in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, and to like like John's talking about
1: they they had going into this 7 and 22
0: stretch, they had quite a they they had a very busy schedule leading into that. And then once you get to the 28th of December, too, um you know, they play the 28th, 29th, 31st, 3rd, 5th, 7th, 9th. So, hmm. I mean, that's, you know, so as soon as we get past Christmas, it's going to pick back up here. Right. So, like John said, th- there's no excuses right now and this is where they should be either, you know, clo- closing some uh, closing the gap on some teams or hopefully putting some space between themselves and the uh, the bottom tier of the division and conference.
1: And as Daryl Sutter said, you know, this this the schedule right now sets up for a one goalie system. That was how he explained it in Arizona when he was asked about it, um, you know, but but. Um, what was the last part that you mentioned, Jack? Sorry, I'm having a uh, great...
0: no. I, I I was just saying that that once we get past Christmas here, the you know, it gets the 28th of December, and and uh, you know, that's when it gets busy again. So right now is the time where you need to be kind of making the most of this sparse schedule and, and picking up some wins and closing some ground on the top teams.
1: And and that and that was going to lead me into the next point too. You know, I, I've seen it written, and I've seen you know, I saw some comments on my site too about this being a make or break part of the schedule coming up these nine straight road games. I don't really see it that way unless the Kings win like win or lose eight or nine of the games. It's not going to be a make or break part of the season. Um, but as Daryl said and as reinforced throughout this year, especially in, the, in light of the injuries, you don't want to fall below the pack. You want to remain in that pack. And that's a huge pack. It's a very healthy middle class in the NHL right now. You know, there's Montreal. There's the New York Rangers, the other end of the spectrum. Maybe the Arizona Coyotes, who have fallen down just a little bit uh, out west. Uh, other than that, there's there's really, really a heavy pack of teams that are all in it. And, and look at Calgary right now, which has been playing very good hockey. And I it was a team that I like going into the season um, that hasn't gotten very good performances from uh, Sean Monaghan or TJ Brody. and Johnny Goudreau has been injured. Um, they're starting to play their best hockey uh, in front of Chad Johnson, who's been very good for them. That's going to be an interesting team to watch because they're still in the mix right now. And some of their key guys have not yet hit their kind of seasonal marks.
2: We've talked a lot about, you know, staying with the pack and, and staying in the horse race. And obviously that conversation stems out of all of the injuries that the Kings have had. Uh, when Gabrick went down, they said eight weeks. I think a lot of people viewed that somewhat skeptically, but flash forward eight weeks and we've got Gabrick back. We've got Kopitar back. Um, Andrioff I'm assuming, is right around the corner from rejoining the He's lineup. Been- He's been cleared for a week and a half now. Yeah, okay, so so that's going to happen. McNabb and Quick, any concept of when we should expect them back?
1: Uh, McNabb is going to most likely be at the very end of December, uh, very early uh, part of January. He's skating again. He's able to take shots. He's handling pucks. Um, he's not quite at the level where he can join his teammates in sure. practice. This is all just post practice solo work with you know with some of the coaches. But um, he's on his skates, and that you know there's always that process of returning from a major injury. You know, you're riding the bike, you're working out, um, you get on the ice by yourself, then you join practice in a limited capacity, then you kind of join practice in rushes and you can withstand battle drills, then they most likely activate you and then you're ready to go. So he's still got a little ways. Jonathan Quick is not close yet at this point to returning to the ice. Um, you know, I I should have a a pretty comprehensive update of of where he is and what's going to happen on the site within the next couple of weeks. I've, I've been waiting to kind of post that story. Um. Just when it gets to being that time when when you might start seeing out in the distance the chance uh, of him, uh, you know, potentially returning. So um, still a little ways away from that, Uh, working out very lightly. I know uh, Helene Elliott with the L.A. Times recently uh, had a story, some good quotes from from Dean Lombardi from Quick himself in there, too. So uh, he's still a ways away, though.
2: Well, John, I don't want to scoop your uh, Quick story, but a little bit of a podcast teaser for those listeners Later in the week, we are speaking to uh, Jessica from Zodiac Hockey, and she will have an astrological uh, reading for Jonathan Quick for us. And so we, we will know at the end of the week what Jonathan Quick's future host, futures hold.
0: So John, 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 might want to hold off on posting his uh, his, yeah. his his <laughs> article until you get some quotes from Jessica. There. That's so, that, what that did correct? they
1: say? What does the zodia zodiacal review think of uh, the chances of Jabril Peppers returning to Michigan? I, so, oh Jesus, I, I, I will <laughs> be sure not to ask. <laughs> or, or of Notre Dame having a football coach next now.
2: So, I think, what, I I think it, there's a good. No, chance no, I gave
1: you guys three minutes at the time. John's
0: breaking no, the no, rules no, no, right now. I just want I just want to point no, no, that no, out. No, John's no, breaking the rules.
2: I'm penalizing him for it, John. We talked about off being cleared to play. Um, one of the side effects of that was that Teddy Purcell was waived and then assigned to Ontario. Only two points in 12 games, I think it was. What can you tell us about the front office's opinion of Teddy Purcell?
1: I know that, that behind the scenes, and nothing that they ever admitted publicly, uh, ha- having spoken to several people and heard secondhand, it, it was disappointing. Um, you know, there's always a chance that he can be back. I, I, no one has claimed him. I know that the Kings have been in uh, discussion with one other team, uh, at least one other team, uh, as uh, you know potentially kicking the tires, seeing if something works out. You know, but as as Elliot Friedman tweeted yesterday, and, and we all understand, teams just can't fit him in. Um, literally half the teams in the league uh, are cannot take him. You have the, the you know there are 14 teams. Um, that just do not have the cap space, and then the 15th team, obviously the Kings, um, then 14 teams that do not have the cap space to be able to bring in him uh, with what his prorated cap hit is right now. Um, so that's that's difficult. And those generally are the teams that you know would want to potentially add a piece to you know add to their offense in you know the hopes of a playoff push. Um, but uh, it's disappointing for Teddy Purcell. I mean, we all kind of had it in the back of our heads when that signing was was you know reported on July 1st is this somebody that's going to be the right type of player you know in the king system and under daryl sutter and i think that basically any player as long again as they play fast maximize their skill sets and check uh can play well under daryl sutter um but it just didn't seem like the right type of fit that being said you have 1.6 million dollars to spend you know that they're not going to be any you know 30 goal scorers that are looking for a three-year deal at those rates so You know, it's slim pickings for the types of players that they were looking at. He was a player with a medium ceiling. It's a low risk. It's a one-year contract. It's disappointing that it happened, my goodness, 25 games into the season. Uh, He was somebody that did not get off to a great start because he had a a lower body injury uh, at the very end of training camp. He had to work his way back from that. Um, But it comes down to, again, uh, battle, compete, winning those battles, not turning the pucks over, being strong on the puck, uh, and playing that north-south style of hockey with tight checking. Ah, uh, they have to play as an LA king. Um, and I don't think every single one of those boxes were hit. He'll have an opportunity to go back down to Ontario, continue to get his game in order. Uh, the team was not at, considering a conditioning assignment uh, for him earlier, um, but this perhaps will be, uh, you know, possible for him to get going again. There's a chance that you know he could get moved. There's a chance he stays in Ontario. There's a chance he comes back up and helps the Kings. So. Um, it's open ended right now, but it's it's disappointing that it, it happened so quickly uh, into his return in LA.
2: How much of this is influenced by the play of Devin Setaguchi, or is this just exclusively a a financial situation?
1: Not enough spots. Um, it's partly due to his own play, and it's partly due to just not having enough spots. And um, you know, people have asked, you know, why, why Andreoff, why Nolan, why Dwight King? I think Dwight King has had his play speak for himself this season. He's been good. I'm not sure what people are paying attention to when they're complaining about him to me on Twitter. He's been, for the most part, other than maybe a five or six game call. Uh, No, no,
0: hold on, hold on. What do you you expect people to use Twitter for if not complaining to you? Uh,
1: Well, uh, what I expect them to use Twitter for is following, like, really funny Twitter accounts like Wint, you know, like Down Goes Brown, like comedians, like Kumail Nanjani. That's what my personal account is for, for Michigan football information. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just follow Pizzagate, all those types of things. Uh,
2: well, there's uh, an edit point
0: let's just pull well, let's just point out real quick i he he's mentioned michigan way too many times uh, with that for me not to point out that michigan's not even playing in a I, the, although there are new, no new year's day bowls you understand what i'm saying here michigan's not even playing in a new year's day bowl so
2: oh, so get, that, oh, all, get all,
1: right, all, right, right. all right all right so we're good now we're square now back to oh, back so to Dwight king being under tied under for third in, in front goals front on 80, the king Thousand fans they're playing Florida
2: State. All right. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? You were saying Dwight King is tied for third in goals on the team. Oh, you
1: know, uh, but what was, what, what was that in part by Was it, was I saying something really nice about
2: oh, Jesus. I probably you No, know, you
1: start talking about Jabril Peppers. Can we move on from John? Diggs?
2: All right. Yeah, uh, I don't my, well,
0: my, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's a, it was unfortunate to, to for things just not to work out with Teddy Purcell, just cause that would have been, I think, I don't know. I, I, I had a, a, affinity for him just from the time that he spent um here with the kings you know right before this golden era of of kings hockey and and um you know you kind of watched him develop and play a few games here and there and i remember him playing with kopitar um early on in their careers and and there it was they were fun they were fun to watch together and uh you know, it's a bummer it didn't work out. And I think it'll be interesting to watch, like John said, as all these guys get healthy, Jesse, you and I have talked over and over again about how having all these options like Purcell and Seth Gucci and Gucci uh, and the emergence of Nick Dowd has been awesome because really they haven't missed too much um, up front being able to slot these guys in for the injured players. But now that these guys return, the flip side of that is, well, now, Who's the odd man out, or who are the odd men out? So obviously Setaguchi, um as in a tenuous position. Although you know, I think a lot of people would like to see him continue with this team, just because he's such a great story, and I think he's actually been playing really well. And and um, and but like John said, it's a numbers game, and the Kings have a lot of good forwards and guys that play the right way in this system. And and Nolan and King and Andreoff are those guys that fit well in this system. And play a good role um i i andy andrioff i think in particular just from my personal perspective i i think over the last year has really um grown and and, and i don't know maybe maybe it's maybe it's on me maybe i'm just starting to notice some of the things he does better um but but i've been impressed and I'm, i'm really
1: happy with
0: with the way he's played and fit into the system in his role so
1: i mean andy andrioff had eight goals in 60 games last season he costs well under a million dollars so that's right. why andy andrioff is such an attractive option right now he's right proven last year that you know he can compete to be a depth scorer has a good battle component to his game and is inexpensive which is why he would get the nod over somebody like teddy Purcell. um well who and is that's more expensive
0: and and that's and that's how the Kings won those two Stanley Cups, right? Like, is is you bring up these guys for the minors, or you add these guys that aren't, you know, they're not scorers, they're not, you know, uh, uh a fourth
1: line guy, you know, he's, well, he's a fourth line guy, yeah, yeah. But that's he's what I'm a saying. This, this, Teams need role player. Yeah.
0: This has always been the recipe for this team. It's just funny that all of a sudden, you know, the Kings missed the playoffs one year, uh, are out in the first round one year, and then this year are just hammered by injuries. Everyone starts to panic and look for what the problem could be and they start, you know, they're pointing at what you know, why is Teddy Purcell going down instead, you know, and we have these guys in the lamp? Well it's like this this is work. This is the way this team plays, this is the system of this team, this is the structure. You can't change your opinion of how it's working just because the the results haven't been what they were um, you know, when the Kings were winning two Stanley Cups in three years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think part of that is the is the 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 issue that most people don't understand generally speaking uh the importance of sample sizes and then b because you have an 82 game season it feels like more than just one crack at the playoffs right so right. One, one year even though it's <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> even though one uh disappointing season only counts as one right fail, quote unquote failed attempt because it takes place over the course of years People can say it's three years without you know, contention. Right. Well, that's not a, a really accurate um, assessment of the situation. But, John, I know a lot of people on your blog and in the comment sections and on Twitter have been calling for trades. Um, when Quick went down, there was a lot of conversation about would the Kings go outside of the organization to find help. Um, but we haven't seen a ton of trades. Uh, we have the expansion draft obviously looming at the end of the year. Let's talk a little bit about why. We're not going to see any big trades probably this season.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say a big thank you to those who answered the question on the blog this morning. I asked uh, if there was anyone who had any questions for this podcast. And this one comes from You I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. I believe it's You It's U.S.E. <laughs> hold hold he's on. from Scandinavia.
0: John, John um, I have a question. So basically, so what you're saying here is that because the team had a day off, you decided to take the day off as well and have the fans do your work.
1: Yeah. All right. Anyway, all right. I, I, my goal of being friendly online is going to stay intact here. I guess it doesn't. extend <laughs> oh, no, But uh, you say, you know, had several questions. This is all part of interaction. It's like uh, the Internet is a conversation Jack. And so uh, you say work on know. your brand. Uh, hashtag brand, of course, um, you know, about trades, whether the Kings are going to be buyers. Are, are They're going to be trades at the same time as last year. You remember, of course, well in advance of the trading deadline, the Kings paid the trade for and uh, as well as um, uh, uh, the Le NBA. And-, <laughs> and so um, so he was asking uh, about the trades, and and there there are no trades anymore at this time of the season because people don't know if they're buyers or sellers. Again, talking about that enormous middle class in the NHL, there are basically probably about twenty teams. I mean, you generally have a sense. You know, the Chicago Blackhawks know they're probably going to be buyers. Um, you know, the New York Rangers, uh, you know, several teams at the top, you know, I, you know, you don't expect to see the Arizona Coyotes as buyers this year. Um, But there are probably about 20 teams who are right there at or near the cap or where their internal cap is and can't really add on any salary. You don't know. And because of the, you know, the three point games, you don't have a sense until maybe until March, whether you're officially in or out of a playoff race and don't want to shed assets. It's also a, kind of a, you know, a tenuous grip you have. You don't want to show if you're a team like Carolina or Florida or certain teams that you want to be selling, you know, year after year, because that's that's poor from kind of building that fan base and, 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 and building up support locally. So um, you just don't see it happen. Um, so right now, it's too early to say whether the Kings are going to be buyers or sellers. But there is one thing that's very clear. If we are to be accepting what Dean Lombardi has said, and, and you talk about how he has learned from some of the, the decisions that he has made in the most recent years, one of the things that has that has affected him the most greatly is in terms of his personnel decisions, um, has been deciding to go and trade for Andre Sekera and exchange a first-round draft pick for that. The Kings aren't going to be trading first-round draft picks this year. They aren't going to be trading, you would expect, uh, top prospects. Um, But one thing you do have to keep in in mind is that they are going to have to negotiate. It's a very difficult negotiation right now um, with both Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson. And there is a chance that one of one or both of those players could get traded just because the Kings are tight up against the cap, have some difficult contracts and ultimately are probably going to be having Drew Dowdy ask for a lucrative, uh, you know, amazing sum of money in several seasons, too. So um, those are things to look out for. I don't think those are trades If the Kings ultimately made some sort of decision to trade one of those type of top six players who are RFAs um, going into the season. Those are like June 24th, 25th, 26th uh, NHL draft uh, type trades. Um, they need those players to have big seasons for them because this is a Kings team that needs that offense that we said over and over again. Uh, but that is the trade that I would kind of be keeping my eye on once you get towards
0: June. I, I have a question. So
1: kind of what John said there, it's, it
0: feels like, and it looks like the trend we're going in, at least with the current structure in the NHL and, and, and salary caps and all that is that we're not going to have the these big blockbuster trades or not even blockbuster trades but but significant significant players moving at the deadline for for a playoff push it it, it seems like those are going to be fewer and far between we're going to see more and more of those happening around the draft yeah around the the big
1: hockey trades yes right
0: yeah exactly hockey trades yeah that's that's a good way to put it and it's interesting it's it's a little bit of a bummer because that, that's that's such a fun – that trade deadline has always been such a fun – and I guess from a Kings fan, we're biased based on the way it worked out in 2012 and 2014. But that's always been a fun kind of midpoint of the year or or, or, or a good way to – I always thought of it as a good way to kind of kick off that playoff push and really start it, paying attention and getting excited. And, and it seems like we're kind of missing out on that right now.
1: And I want to talk to something about that that. Jack, you guys did a really great job. Bob Miller – uh, in the Coffee with Bob with Dean Lombardi. This is all part of being a nice, friendly guy online. <laughs> I only say nice things about Jack Wilson.
0: John John's a uh, nice, friendly guy online and a horrible human being in Texas. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that,
1: that, that in, in that Coffee with Bob, Dean Lombardi talks about you know, you're like a, a a carnival barker when your team is not in contention and you're just selling off assets. It's, you know, well, can I get a third round draft pick for this guy? Maybe a second round draft pick. Who wants to give me a second round draft pick? Will you give me a first round draft pick for this asset? And that's very interesting. That's very, very different from where the Kings are at right now. That's, you know, you know, the year that the Kings signed, you know, a lot of and that group of free agents when they were at a much different cycle competitively. Um, but everybody should go watch that. It's up at both uh, yeah. com and it's up at uh, lakingsinsider.com where you can have. There's a good like 15 minutes of Bob Miller and Dean Lombardi. Dean's talking about sleeping in a freaking hockey rink when he was getting his start. How that was no big deal. He's talking he, about yeah building this he, roster. He, play, he yeah.
0: downplays he downplays sleeping in his car because he said, "Hey, I was young. Who who cares?" like that's just Dean. Dean presents sleeping <laughs> in your car as just something
1: you do when you're young. I think the only time I've ever slept in my car was when it was raining at either it or Coventry at a fish festival when I was like twenty one Oh
0: Jesus and Wow. Even then
1: John got a fish and Michigan football into this
0: podcast.
2: <laughs> well, as long as we're talking about when we used to sleep in our cars, I had an eight AM astronomy class my first year of college and I would always <laughs> I would always show up half an hour early and sleep through that class. So there you go. Uh, Jack, hey, you, I, ever I, sleep, I, you ever I've sleep you ever sleep in your car, Jack? <laughs>
0: no you guys don't this is i think this might be tall people problems over here i i (laughs) I cannot imagine ever getting comfortable enough in any car to sleep in it um so so it's uh yeah the, the i think i would just stay awake all night instead um but i thank you john for 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 promoting kings weekly as you always do on your blog all yes john's correct all uh all three parts of Dean Lombardi's Coffee with Bob and Trevor Lewis's Coffee with Bob are up on the Fox Sports West YouTube channel. They're at LAKingsInsider.com, and uh, they're at FoxSportsWest.com. So go check out uh, both of those, And uh, uh, two I've, parts I've, of Dean and two parts of Trevor.
1: I've got a question for you too, Jack. I'm going to be Jesse right now. How, how has the reception been for Saturday straight up, which I hope all Kings fans are watching. It's a really good segment. It recurs on Saturday home games uh, on yeah. Fox Sports West. It's, um during during the first intermission
0: it's it's a lot of fun so far we've had uh jesse josh cooper and john uh doing a little roundtable discussion a little blogger roundtable uh running on our, all of our saturday night broadcasts it's, I, people seem to really enjoy it and it's a to me it's a great extension of what you guys have done with the podcast and, and bringing that to some new fans who maybe aren't avid listeners of the podcast but but get you kind of in little bite-sized morsels during uh, during the during the intermissions, little three minute chunks of of John and Jesse and Josh. It, it's pretty awesome. Um, and you guys have, uh, other than John's horrible takes on pies in the uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> episode, you guys have been really dead on with some of your. Well, don't your for, hot don't takes. forget
2: his terrible opinion about uh, Halloween candy in the Halloween episode.
0: Well, John's just has horrible taste in everything. Uh, not having to do with hockey, I don't I don't really depend on John <laughs> for any opinions.
1: Uh, Jack, what can we expect? I'm, in, I'm above you know? this. I'm above this. I, uh, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm glad. Like, and I'm like glad near, you are. Who mask? I'm Ned Flander. Just see, <laughs> I'll
0: screen grab the text messages I get after this and Next. send them to you, just so you get the the full story. <laughs> Jack,
2: what can <laughs> we expect from this week's King's Weekly?
0: Uh, actually, today, was, as John referenced, was the King's Golf Tournament. So, uh, so our Alex Curry, our host, is out there getting full sights and sounds of everything going on. Obviously. Ah, uh, supporting CHLA as this always does. It's a good time, g- great cause, and uh, and we get to see which players uh, have the best golf game and which players have the best golf style. So it's al- always fun. So that that'll be we'll have a couple pieces coming from coming out of that for this week's show. And then um, in addition to that, we uh, I think I mentioned last week what we get just coming around the corner here. Not this week's show, but coming soon. The uh, Chris and Daryl Sutter. Feature. We uh, went to Chris Sutter's work there at Old Venice in Manhattan Beach. So we're working on that, putting that together. Um, and then, of course, there's a black and white this week coming from the LA Kings Productions. Uh, Marion Gabrick's return from injury, and that'll be in Kings Weekly this week as well. So lots of good stuff. Always, As always, Royal Reflections coming out every game day. Um, if you missed the one from last Thursday, I believe it was, uh, Jim Fox telling the story of the scene in the locker room following the 1993 Campbell Conference Game Seven win—that is one of my favorites so far this season. That's up on the Fox Sports West YouTube channel from last Thursday.
2: Uh, John, any other questions uh, posed by listeners, or uh, or can we yeah. wrap this up with a brief mention of Michigan football again?
1: <laughs> All right, well, stuck with that, I've made my point. All There's right. A strong... And I won that conversation. All right, the, leading in the, the, fu- fourth in the fourth best team
2: in the Big Ten. Oh, I shouldn't have even said uh, it. Any so, John, any, any in the Big Ten?
1: <laughs> any questions left? Yeah, you, yeah, Notre Dame was about the fourth best team of, among <laughs> D one independents too. By the way,
2: uh, <sighs> the expansion
0: process.
1: Uh, the expansion hey, Navy's
0: going to Navy's going to a real bowl game, man. They're tough guys, schedule this year. You
1: guys admirably <laughs> pulled away from UMass late. Otherwise, that could have disrupted all of the. You D1 guys. <laughs> you got oh yeah it i'm not talking about i'm not yeah i forgot you didn't go to notre dame I, not no i golf. did
0: not john i did not go to notre dame
1: anyway um the uh expansion <laughs> nhl expansion i was asked by process uh who spells uh, process with a zero instead of a, oh i'm sorry carlos i'm having a little bit of fun here um you know wanted to know about expansion in any other cities that are um you know, potential expansion targets um You know, I think the league is very intrigued by the Seattle market. There is no Seattle building right now. Um, Once shovels hit the ground and the likelihood of that happening has been sped up because of the memorandum of understanding being torn up which more or less states that now the investors in Seattle do not have to wait for an NBA team to relocate before they start the process of, of finding an NHL team. Um, that, that there's a little bit of movement there. But again, don't expect shovels to hit the ground anytime soon. Um, but speaking with somebody within the Kings, there was even the, the thought that once that Canadian dollar does solidify, that Quebec City, which already has that arena right there, is going to be a target for an expansion team, perhaps uh, that, assuming that no teams need to be relocated. Um, but one, one person said, was they're not putting any more teams in the Eastern Conference. They're looking for that balance. They need a team out West. And what you would see, hypothetically, if Quebec City were to get a team, is what you saw from uh, the early days of the relocated Winnipeg Jets or the uh, re- the early days of the Tampa Bay Lightning, where they would pay a w- play away from their geographical footprint and you could see a Quebec team in the Central Division. Uh, but again, that's still several, several years away from happening. And you know, let's just root for that Canadian dollar to rally because – that's good for the sport. That helps the salary gap grow. That helps uh, the valuation of Canadian franchises grow. Um, makes it easier for the Canadian teams to, play, to pay their players. Um, but just, just something that is so far down the line, that consider, you know, because Detroit can't move back into the West. I don't know whether there's a clause in Columbus where they could be persuaded to move back to the West. But what would most likely happen would be, in the event of a Quebec City team, is that Quebec City would go to the So
2: before or after the next uh, work stoppage?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: That's around the same time. Right. Perfect. Well, I, I
0: just I, I want to balance that with uh, with the story that came out this morning that uh, about ticket brokers saying that uh, they can't move Canucks tickets no, th- th- for for anything, basically. that. Wow. that uh, so they're, they're It's I, I think we kind of forget. I didn't
1: read that story. Was there was there just an explosion of the bubble? a a
0: little bit yeah it's uh, it was on uh, the score this morning it's it's just a short thing they talked to a couple ticket brokers and they're having a hard time moving canucks tickets as this season so Uh,
1: i um, want
2: to for for newer fans and newer listeners i want to dwell on that on that notion for a second there jack in the early uh part of this decade in 2010 2011 um and maybe a few years before that as well if if the Vancouver Canucks came to Staples Center or or the Honda Center right. there, there would be so many Canucks fans there it was mind boggling and the and the story we kept hearing over and over and over again was that it right. would be cheaper for Vancouver fans to buy air, <laughs> airfare that. to get airfare from Vancouver a hotel in Los Angeles for 3 or 4 days and tickets to two games it would be cheaper to do all that than it would be to buy tickets to a game in Vancouver. I
1: think Jesse, it was we were games in Vancouver, and it was that was during the like peak of their yeah it's yeah insanely well, good teams. early Well, in the that game. that
0: happened. That happened, or that story was being pushed around in 2012 during right. the playoffs. Yeah, it was. We, we were told. I remember before, and and well, I guess in 2010 10 as well, right? Or and and the we were told that basically. You know when we went to those Kings home games at Staples Center, and thankfully this was quickly proven wrong in that first home game in 2010. That that the Kings fans were going to be outnumbered by the Canucks fans for that exact reason. So it's it's always a little ridiculous um, how those stories kind of spin out. But but yeah, as John said, I think I think um, and and the other part to remember here is we can talk about hockey markets and good markets and fan bases and all that. If your team's good. Yeah. you're going to sell tickets. If your team's not good, you're not. So it's, you know, it's the product on the ice at the end of the day. But, so. what, but what a
2: stunning fall off from. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's not being able to sell tickets now. That's
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's too bad. And especially, yeah. you know, with, with a, a fun, that was such a fun rivalry for those few years. I hope to see the Canucks back, you know, at, at an elite level again. Um, but you know, it's, and just since John brought up C- Seattle, I just wanted to congratulate him or, or wish him a happy anniversary on, uh, I guess this is the, uh, this, is, this day in 1995, Pearl Jam's Merkins Ball featuring Neil Young was released, John. So I don't know what you're doing to celebrate, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to congratulate you on that.
1: I, I like Pearl Jam. I like Neil Young. Not, not two of my absolute favorite bands, but I will say that documentary on Pearl Jam was fantastic. That came out seven years ago. I forget what it was called. But that uh, archival footage of writing the lyrics to the song Daughter yeah. in, in their RV between shows <laughs> while they still had so much energy from that show that night and went right. onto their RV. And as the RV's traveling down the highway, they're making music and they're writing the lyrics to Daughter was incredible. That was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that documentary.
0: We
2: did it. We did it, Jesse.
0: Yep. We're, we were, just missing, we're just missing the, <laughs> the WHL now. John, that's... can you give us a shout out to the
1: Silver Tips? <laughs> that, honestly, like that's that. where I
2: thought you were going when you mentioned Seattle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, "Oh, what am I going to have to defend right now?" Or somewhere. The Silver somewhere Tips pumps. are a top five team in the, w, in the CHL. All three Canadian Hockey League teams, um, <laughs> and their goaltender Carter Hart is competing for the uh, the the um, to make the Canadian World Junior team. He's a second round draft pick of Philadelphia, and might be. He's uh, among the, the two or three. Biggest goaltending prospects in all of junior hockey. Well,
0: we're not going to do any better so, than that. Somewhere, somewhere, Pumpernickel just shouted bingo. He just, <laughs> he just won uh, roast and insider bingo. <laughs> I so. want
2: to thank you guys for joining me today, as always. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um,
0: again, Michigan football is irrelevant and insignificant and uh, will not be playing in any bowl game that matters this winter. So I just want to remind everybody that. John, you have a great holiday
1: season. Oh, I've blotted out every single square in Jack Wilson's bingo. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But I also want to thank you for allowing me this space here, Jesse, to be friendly and nice online, <laughs> make friends and express just how I think Jack Wilson has such a great social media presence.
0: I, you know what, John, so it's easy for you guy. to take the it's for, easy for you to take the high road when you have the fourth best team in the Big 10. You have a lot I'll to be talk about. to you
1: guys Greatful later. So, so for it, so,
2: so for John Rosen and Jack A Wilson. Tr- my name is Jessica King fans. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Harbaugh!